Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Before we kick off this episode, I'd like to share with you that Grand PR, our student-run firm, is participating in Create-A-Thon for the second year in a row. Create-A-Thon is an event where students create integrated marketing campaigns for local nonprofits in just 24 hours. This year, we're creating campaigns for five nonprofits, but in order for this event to be a success, we needed support from our community. Shout out to Priority Health, Extend Your Reach, Black Truck Media and Marketing, WMPRSA, Clark Communications, COM616, and Experience Grand Rapids for supporting us in this event. Hi, everyone. I have two guests today, and we're going to be talking about Google Analytics, just analytics in general, but Mm -hmm. kind of focusing on Google Analytics. Um, Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, I'm Adrienne Wallace. I'm an assistant professor at Grand Valley State University, and I also do some work and have a side hustle at Black Truck Media and Marketing as a digital strategist and content creator and project manager. Okay, and your you say your better half mm-hmm. is here as well. Totally, she's my better half. Mm. Oh, I'm, I think we can flip a coin and figure yeah, that out maybe later. That. Uh, I'm Derek DeVries. I work at uh, Lambert and Company uh, here in, uh, in the Grand Rapids office, but I, I'm also a digital strategist and I um, spend a lot of time doing digital stuff. Okay, so both of you interact with analytics on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. What are your favorite tools? Like, is Google your favorite? Well, I think it kind of, this is sort of a budget-dependent question, honestly, because um, I'm sure that you have different things that you rely on more. But um, I work, since I'm in an SEO and SEM-based um, company, um, we do, we are a Google company, basically. So we, we heavily rely on Google tools to do our Google work, basically. So um, for me personally, um, I work a lot with like keywords and content, and so Google Analytics and tools like Moz um, to help with that are are really important to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we use Google a lot as well, as do our clients, which is really the the more important determining factor is mm-hmm. what the what the clients use, and it's just so universally um, regarded that it's a great platform. It's also the benefit of something that's that widely used is that it's easy to integrate with virtually anything Everything. because somebody's already done the integration yep. work or there's there's enough people that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean it, you know, there's other platforms and they're they're good. They're you know, they offer certain benefits, but uh, in terms of, you know, general all around Google's probably the you know, our, my favorite platform anyway. I think it also does a good job at teaching you how to use it. So um, you know, through the online certifications and, um, I mean, there's, you can't, you can barely escape YouTube without finding videos that teach you how to do stuff on that mm-hmm. because it is so universal. I think it's super helpful to, um, have a tool that is that widespread and that common because it's almost like a, it's almost like a language. Right. So like if I move jobs or if I move clients, then I probably am working with the same tools, which is always helpful for you to become you know, more proficient and, and better um, at your craft, basically. Do you think anyone <clears throat> can become an expert on Google Analytics just from, like, trial and error and picking around? 
I feel like that's how I've become an expert. Yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean. I mean, um, I didn't go to a class for that. I didn't even have a technology class in graduate school or undergraduate school, honestly. So, um, I don't know. I'm a learn-by-doing person. You know, I have to, like, get my hands dirty and really get into, like, the details. And I just like to see, like, what kind of cause and effect relationships I can build. I'm a little bit competitive, so I like seeing growth and mm-hmm. being able to determine what happens with something um, and know that, like, my treatment to that actually got that response or that or got that, you know, um, that metric. Um, I don't know how else – I don't think you could, like, sit in a classroom right. and get all that you needed without having clients and being able to apply that, um, the logic models or the um, strategy that you would actually – need to apply to get answers and data to examine. So I think it would be harder. It's harder just to go through the tutorials. It's easier to pick around when you have clients and learn as you go. To actually see the numbers. But the tutorials are really important to learn what you need to know Mm -hmm. that is even possible. Because I think a lot of times students will get turned off to things like analytics because they don't know the potential of what they can gain um, as a result of using the tool. So, like, if you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So when you're talking to a client and they don't really understand analytics or why the purpose so is like every there, So, like, every client. Yeah. <laughs> How do you explain that, that it is important for them and that it is relevant to them? I think it's finding... I mean, all the, all the conversations that, that we have with clients start with sort of their goals... And I think you need to, you know, you need to establish what that is. And in some, t- some cases, they may not know. They may not have a clear grasp of what their actual goals are, they, or they may think that they know what their goals are, but really there's something um, slightly different from that. So I think, you know, doing that good groundwork of having that conversation will inform you to uh, what is the message that's going to resonate with them. You know, just like, just like any audience, clients are an audience, and understanding their motivations and what their needs are and what their you know their goals are will help you frame the data from Google Analytics mm-hmm. or, or any other sort of uh, metrics in a way that's intelligible to them that that helps them you know some some clients are really concerned about bottom line some are really concerned about awareness and prestige and there's a way to talk about all of those things uh, with Google Analytics mm-hmm. or at least with the the insights you can get from Google Analytics that, that will help make sense to them and, and you know, uh, tickle whatever needs to be tickled with them. Um, I kind of have a follow-up question for that. So, Derek, when you are working, you're in an agency mm-hmm. setting. So when you get a client that comes in and they have some sort of, like, campaign that they're doing and they're telling you what they need, are you at the table with them on the mm-hmm. analytics side or does like a project manager come back and say this is their objective <laughs> now like now do analytics like is what's the process for that it depends um it used <clears throat> to be um it used to be more of the latter but in, in over the past few years we've gotten a lot better at bringing the digital team in um earlier and bringing bringing sort of a digital voice in earlier on the strategy and on the planning and stuff um, and not that it was bad, but it was just, you know, sometimes for for expedience, you have, you know, one person sit in on a meeting and, and commit to something, and then, um, you know, the rest of the team needs to carry it out. And, and we've just gotten better and better at bringing clients in um, and having the full conversation with the full team so that everybody's sort of involved. 
Um, and the great thing is, you know, when you're working in this kind of a space, you have valuable insights to help inform the campaign, not just on um, measuring it after the fact. There's a lot of insights or, you know, um, historical knowledge that you may have that you can, an experience that you can bring to the table to help them avoid some pitfalls or to, to make something better um, or to think of a new way of doing something. When you say that you can kind of show them like the direction of the campaign or whatever their objectives are, um, how do you how do you show them that? Um, it depends on what the campaign is. So which numbers we're going to look at and pay attention to are entirely governed by what the campaign is, what they're trying to do. So, for example, if they're doing a thought leadership campaign, uh, we're going to want to you know, depending on how that campaign campaign is executed, typically something like that would be something where you would be publishing maybe long for, longer form blog content or a podcast or a video or something like that. Um, or you're seeking audiences from certain corners of the internet, maybe from LinkedIn as opposed to Facebook or from uh, maybe you want to hopefully drive some traffic from maybe you earned them an interview with um, a trade publication you'd like to see some carryover traffic from that site. So it's the kind of um, understanding how the campaign was built, what the moving pieces were, and then where can we look for traces of those to show up on the website and on the web property? Or how can we leverage the web property to accentuate and to enhance um, what other activities there were? Um, and then by that token, you know, measure them. Is, is it fun? Is it interesting like to look through those numbers and like think, oh, when when this number when the numbers were up here, it was because of this because we did that at that time. Like is it fun to connect all the pieces or is it, or it, is is. it just looking at numbers all day? Well, so Derek and I have kind of a unique perspective on this because we were doing these things before we had sometimes ways to even measure what mm -hmm. they were. Like Google Analytics hasn't been here forever. No. Um, companies weren't using analytics to track things like sentiment even and sometimes they still don't even do it but um, or they don't have the tools to do it but there are things that um, we can do now that we just never were able to prove before and maybe you had a gut feeling or something that it was like really good or helpful or, or meeting the goal but you didn't have a way to quantify it mm -hmm. and now we really have better tools to quantify or put a number or a measurement to something that usually was largely qualitative um, previously. So being able to use like this, you know, very like mixed, I guess, methods mm -hmm. to be able to determine success, what means success for your client and what it means to be successful as an agency for that client, I think has really turned things um, more toward an integrated approach because we now know that all of these different factors do something, right? They're all treatments. Um, and now we can um, more successfully determine which of those we put money at or which ones of those that are still important to maintain. Um, you know, like maybe your blog has always been like something, oh, I feel like I should do, you know, it's really important. Well, now we can tell you how important that is or if it is important at all. And now you can spend you know, maybe that time someplace else if it doesn't, if it's not successful or it doesn't happen to work or you can spend that money someplace else. So it definitely, I think, helps with what the campaign looks like um, f from all angles because you're able to attribute meaning 
to something that we never had the ability to even track before mm-hmm. or or the methodology to do so. So one of my favorite classes when I was an undergrad at Grand Valley was SS300 with Professor Roy Cole, who is fantastic if you get a chance. I believe he's still teaching here. If you get a chance, take a class with him. He's great. Um, but I love research methodology. It's like it's understanding. Um, it's something that every consumer should understand because it helps you not be duped by bad statistics and, and bad representations of fact. And that's what Google Analytics is a, is a great example of. Is like if you understand the principles behind gathering information and, and establishing context for things, um, it it makes you uh, it allows you to produce better insights and understand the world better, essentially. But also all of these things that are digital. And so I kind of I like use the you know insights and stuff I learned from that class like every day because the entire my entire day is filled with nothing but you know. Uh, looking at statistics and making sure that was this a was this a good sample was this you know did, was our targeting good here where where did the you know where did the this campaign go well or not go well and what can we do to change it and all of that stuff is informed by these principles of like research methodology and analytical thinking and it, it's 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 something that appeals to me the, the great thing about mm-hmm. all this is you get <clears throat> instant feedback on your work you can kind of mm-hmm. see pretty quickly whether what you your idea that you had if it's working or if it's not and you can change it and make it better and learn from it which is just like remarkable yeah i think too there's this idea in learning that we don't really do a good job of kind of honoring because everything is so instantaneous and everything is pre-canned and pre-done for us so like analytics like it's important to know maybe you can't do the math for the numbers you know you can't maybe you can't do that or you don't have the skill set to do that or you don't like to do that but it's important to understand how you get them like where do they come from what's the you know source of origin because if you don't know how they're manufactured and you just have this instance of a number or this occurrence of a number I don't know how you can go back and create better strategy or learn from that because all you have is the number and something that may or may not be correlated, let alone be causation. And that's another thing that's super important is that like you can't just go around attaching this because of that. Right. Uh, it doesn't. It's not that simple. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a it's a collection of things that occur that creates a response, or sometimes it's the absence of something that creates a response or a number or um, or, or some kind of metric. But it's important to kind of have that idea. And that's why I think integrated campaigns are so important because having just one treatment or one thing um, doesn't give you enough really data points to know if it's effective or not. Like it might have been effective that time, but what does it look like over time or the history of your company or the last month over this month, um, the same time last year or whatever. I just think there's so many variables to consider that you have to understand that those numbers don't just like they're not just magical they don't just appear they come from someplace and they have meaning attached to them individually and also in groups um, in collections of numbers also like i said before the absence of of data is also an important thing to look at um and what's not happening so that you can determine what it is that is successful because otherwise you're just guessing and i mean why use any of the tools if all you're going to do is guess yeah so it's interesting because the other day I was like, I Googled how to get clients Mm -hmm. because, um, I'm currently working for a company that's service based. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, you know, just 
I just wanted to know, like, yeah. how do you get clients? Right. And so this list came up, and it's like, write blog posts to show mm-hmm. that you're an expert in your field. Right. Blah, 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 to show this, to show this. But, like, when you think about the analytics behind it, like, mm-hmm. is all of that worth it or not? Well, and, you don't know until you pr- – probably in your case, you might not know until you try because right. it might not be something the company's ever set up or done before. Um, but, you know, you have to choose. Sometimes you only have a certain amount of time. And in an agency, maybe you only have a certain budget, which is the same as time. <laughs> so, like, the, to get back to your point, too, about the meetings, like, is everybody at the table? Who comes to the table? Who comes to this? Sometimes, I mean, you can't just haul seven people off to every meeting because that's seven times whatever that billable hour is for that person times whatever time that you're in that meeting. I mean, that's a lot of – that adds up over time. Mm-hmm. And maybe the client acquisition cost becomes, like, okay and covers that, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's, you know, not a great meeting or sometimes you don't need all those people there or sometimes there's people there just to show that we have people there and you have to be careful with that because time is money right. in, in this area. But, you are you know, you're going to have to do stuff. To be care- don't works. do all the things at the same time because <laughs> you, you have to isolate the variables, you know. But when you're first starting out, which I think is actually a really good opportunity for you, because um, I'm kind of starting from nothing. Yep, I think that I think that that mm-hmm. strikes fear in a lot of people, but to me, that's a lot of opportunity because pretty much everything you do is probably going to have a response, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think what's kind of ironic about those articles online is that they say like this will work for you because it worked for all of these other brands, right? But, like your audience, maybe they don't want to read blog posts. Maybe right. they'd rather see videos. Maybe right. they'd rather have an influencer. Like whatever. So. And it, it's it's funny because I have all these ideas from my classes that I want to just right. dive in and do. But now that you mention that, like I do need to take it one at a time so that I can Or a see. couple. You know, you want to kind of see how they – like you might take some that like make sense together and apply them together. But if you, you know, just unleash all of the things at one time, it's hard to be able to – because, I mean, if you had infinite time and infinite resources, of course, do everything all at the same time. But the reality of it is is that you don't have all of those hours and all of that money – and you want to make sure that you're doing the best things. Like all the things might work, mm-hmm. but what are the best things? And I like I tend to focus my clients' time and money on the things that are like the biggest value. You know, not just where I can pick up one or two or three mm-hmm. or four people. There's so, a lot of ways to rank those. So that's yeah. the decision making process. Some yep. of it's what's the client going to be comfortable with. So yep. that may eliminate four or five. Yeah, things. what's realistic? Kind of, you know, yeah, what's realistic for them to maintain even. Because sometimes you're working with a client and you have a finite period of time that you're working with them and then that contract maybe goes away or they decide to take something in-house or there's a whole you know slew of reasons that, that might end with them. And you can't set them up for failure. I mean, you try to be reasonable with what the attempt is at the strategy because if they can't maintain all that stuff, then there's no use setting them up on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can't, you know, if they can't maintain it or, or keep... If it can't be sustained, I don't. I don't really know what the point is. Yeah. For some reason, this just came into my mind. But say an organization is suffering a major crisis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how can analytics help you determine anything about the crisis or the audience? Or I mean, is that even something that you would use? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. Um... You know, if you're if you're monitoring the activity on the site, you could be looking for what are people searching for, what questions do they have, how can we help get answers to those questions uh, more pe- to people more quickly. Um, you can look at the volume of the site and and. Can I interrupt you for yeah. just a second? So we have another person that is sitting in on this podcast, 
and she happens to be in a class where we're talking about crisis communications right now, and the crisis comms model would fit nicely here. Do you remember any of that stuff? I know you have a big pitch tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, I remember a little bit Uh of it, and I think that um, based on, like, the ones that we did, I think we did... um, I forget the name of the model, but it went through like the life cycle. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. life cycle. And so before and after, and I think even before setting up kind of a, um, like a Mm pre-plan. So if you kind of like go through in your mind, what your audience would go through in the website, Mm -hmm. that's a good way. So you can put them to their website and provide them that information, Mm -hmm. but also afterwards, um, that's a good way to notice what you need to address Mm -hmm. in your statement. Um, or, what information that is kind of vague to the audience to kind of make sure that everything is out there and mm-hmm. that you alleviate the crisis. And then kind of what Derek was talking about a second mm-hmm. ago too is just like environmental scanning and understanding. Like I'm sure that some of the tools that you use even for social can pick up like trends, right, before things become like a hot point. Yeah, they can, yeah, they can identify. Um, they can alert us when there's something that's, uh, you know, whether there's a spike in conversation. Um, not necessarily related to Google Analytics, mm-hmm. but Google Analytics could help support mm-hmm. uh, your understanding of something by helping give you a picture of what's what's going through people's minds when they're uh, thinking about this crisis or alerted to it. So what pages on your site are mm-hmm. they visiting? How long are they spending there? Um, what does your audience look like? You know, to the extent that you can get some demographic information about mm-hmm. um, people, is it is it isolated to a specific geographic area? Um, is it you know more people of a certain age group? So you can kind of start to build a picture yeah. of your audience, which knowing more about your audience is always mm-hmm. better. I think, too, I always am looking at just like traffic in general. So if I'm not like sitting on the analytics page for every client all the time, I'm always kind of like checking in and out, like seeing what's happening. Or certainly, you know, weekly and monthly, we have reports that we run, too. And um, I'm always delighted and also concerned at the same time until I start digging around in there when you see, like, huge increases or Mm -hmm. huge decreases. And so, like, you know, it would be nice to just kind of chug along at this, like, very nice rate of growth. But if you see, like, the big spikes, um, it always always warrants, like, a look. Like, what's what's happening in the environment? What's happening in the political (laughs) arena? What's happening with maybe the products that I'm working with if it's something that you're selling? or the people that are running the page, like what would cause this huge spike or what would cause this huge drop? And not every time can you get to the bottom of that, but a lot of times you can say, okay, that was just that. And it wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden your world is crashing down and, you know, your website's been taken over and somebody posted like inappropriate pictures on it or something. But that's where your mind always jumps Which to. Which I've discovered actually. <laughs> right, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, happens. It, it does happen. And, you know, sometimes, sadly, um, the company sometimes is the last to know about that, and that's really your responsibility too, is to help them maintain the integrity of their brand mm-hmm. through um, constant being, just being vigilant, basically about looking at things. How often are you checking these numbers? Mm. Like, are you sitting there constantly? <laughs> and no, well, it's a, it's tempting to do that because um, I don't know. It's you have feedback. Yeah, it is instant, you know, gratification. But also, you have to look at um, analytics over time, and not isolated incidences yep. because that can be really dangerous, um, and also give you the wrong information. So um, informally, I will say, like for the clients that I directly work with, content with, I'm on there pretty frequently because I do like to see where, like, maybe a specific piece of content, be it an infographic or a video or maybe a blog post, is like where it's ranking 
um, for the time of the week maybe because it does give me some insight as to when to publish or mm -hmm. when not to publish. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, I, I, I run my own sort of like mini check-ins every week. Um, we run official reports for, the cl for clients every month and report out um, via phone um, for that. But um, some of our clients don't want to hear from us even that frequently, but we do it anyway because it does help us understand them. Um, sometimes clients only want to know if something's broken or not working. Um, I prefer to know all of the things all the time. Um, but also I have to kind of like scale that back too because like I said, isolated incidences can cause you to react in an inappropriate way. So if you see something, your immediate reaction is to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, when maybe you just need to wait. And, you know, being patient is not really my best virtue personally and a lot of people I know not theirs either. But it is something that definitely you should take pause and like really reconstruct something and even sometimes just disregard it in general because it could just be a fluke. Maybe that something happened to Google that day or something. Like there's all mm -hmm. sorts of things that could have happened. Um, but I, you know, I like to check in every day for sure. Um, weekly I do my own sort of like more in-depth check-in to see like what rankings might be for different things that I produce. Um, or um, in the case of you know, other types of analytics, I do it more frequently, but for Google Analytics, probably daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, <laughs> sort of like the pattern for that, for reporting. Yeah, it depends on what's going on. If there's yeah. a campaign going on, we'll be more actively mm -hmm. looking, but it does help to have that perspective of time and let things yep. elapse and then look at them in the context yeah. of, okay, how's this compared to last year yep. or the year before or that kind of thing? Yeah, of course you're going to have like outliers. Like if you're going through a crisis, it's probably like literally up on your other screen while you're watching it like all the time to see what the current traffic is, like right, like what's on it right now. Or if you're doing like a – maybe you have like a, a media event or a special event or something and you want to see how people are interacting with that page immediately, that's always important. Or like we have worked on clients together that were very high profile like on television – like Shark Tank sort of events, and you really are interested in seeing what is happening because if your site goes down for like even 10 seconds, uh, that's up maybe a million dollars. So, um, you know, you're really looking to figure out, you just want to make sure that you're very aware, mm -hmm. I guess, of what's happening um, and that it's something that you integrate into your day. It's like a, it's like a habit that you yeah. have to create. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that is just like burning inside you that you want to talk about? Yeah, I actually have a really great example of uh, when I didn't have access to Google Analytics and it would have helped me, uh, which from like today. So uh, we have a client we're working with and they have a, a program that they're promoting and we haven't gotten any conversions. Nobody's filled out this form and I'm busting my head against the wall and we, we don't have access to the analytics for their site. I can only see essentially what's going on with social media and with the ad campaigns that we're running. And I just can't figure it out. I'm like, is it the creative? Is my audience targeting too broad? People are going through there. I'm seeing mm -hmm. there's, there's not just clicks, but there's landing page views because we've got mm -hmm. a pixel installed. So I can see this activity. I just, I can't figure it out. And then, you know, I decide, okay, I'm going to like just test this in many different ways and see if there's some kind of problem. And so it turns out that the, um, the form isn't functional on a mobile device. And I tried a couple of different browsers. So people were getting there getting to the form and, and on social media, the vast majority of traffic is mm -hmm. mobile um, right. as opposed to desktop. 
So these people are getting this page, hitting the form, and they literally can't fill out the fields because the site is like broken. And it, it functions fine on desktop, which had been what I was looking at it on before. If I would have had the Google Analytics, I could have seen yeah. that all of the conversions Dying. only came from mm -hmm. desktop and not from mobile which was way out of step with our ads because mm -hmm. most of our ads were serving as mobile. Mm -hmm. So if I would have just had that insight, it would have saved me like a month of like racking my brain trying to figure out what, what was going wrong and why this, why people weren't converting. Mm -hmm. So uh, that can be really valuable for your sanity mm -hmm. and, and also for the success of your campaign. Yeah, I would say like really learn how to um, talk with a client, even practice with friends if you have to, um, because at some point, they're going to pick out one number uh, from an entire suite of metrics that they're going to fixate on, and it's not going to make any sense maybe to you, but it makes sense to them. And they're going to not like what the result is. And let's say it's negative, or even if it's not as positive as they want it to be, like not as on the plus side as they want it to be. And really understand how to make the argument for it and against it so that you understand how they're thinking about it in their mind. So use basically empathy to understand your client's point of view if they see something. Because you know how Google Analytics looks is like minus is red, right? And mm -hmm. then green is good. And we mm -hmm. know that what those, what those colors are symbolic of. And like we talked about with the program tonight, which is like bounce rate, for example, like if they don't have all the information to understand what that means and that a minus isn't always like the worst thing that happened it could be that you're just really like they got there they got what they needed and they're done it bounced because you got 50,000 <laughs> right. more people to look at the site right. than, than last so than the like, same time last year right but if they only look at that and they don't understand how it fits into like the bigger picture and they're using isolated data to create i mean even a strategy so help us um, it's really dangerous so be able to have that conversation without being defensive, without, you know, being frustrated because you're going to feel those things because they just don't get it, right? And you have to make that's your job as the practitioner is to make them understand it from the strategic point of view. And on paper, or rather the computer monitor, it doesn't always make sense to just look at the isolated variable. And so to be very careful and to be able to have that conversation and to look at the analytics report like you were the client and identify that before you have to go to like the meeting with them so that you can maybe cover that in, in, preemptively right. um, and discuss that before they're like, but you avoided this number and it's the re only red one on the page. And then you're like, Right. So like cover something that you think that they would be interested in or, or worried about before maybe they have the opportunity to bring it up because then you can have a mutual understanding and come to this agreement about what that means as opposed to letting people um, prescribe their own meaning to it, which then becomes something that you can't really necessarily control in the conversation. And I mean, misunderstandings happen all the time and, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And your job is to really coach them. And so part of your job is to take what you see and think about it from how they would how they would interpret it and then make meaning from it. Mm -hmm. So Robert Solomon who's a, a used to be a professor at in uh, in uh, Austin in Texas. He he wrote the book The Art of Client Service and he said um, you know something to the effect of um, one clear insight is worth uh, you know a thousand data points. And that's your job is to take these data points and create insight for clients. And that's why in, in some cases we've actually started pairing back the amount of data yep. we give clients Same. because they don't care. It's it doesn't have relevance to them. But if you can write out a, a couple paragraphs that have some actual insights about, 
you know, we're noticing an interesting trend in um, people of this age with respect to your uh, products. They're more interested in these or, or whatever it is. Um, that has value. Whereas if they were to just look at, you know, bounce rates and pages per session and um, lists of where traffic referrals came from, that might not have any meaning. But right. something that actually ties back to what, right. what they care about. Yeah, and how we come into pro certain projects is like sometimes we don't, you know, have all of the information because we're really a specialist. I mean, like if this were doctors, we're not a general practitioner. We're like the orthopedic specialist. <laughs> so we have like a very specific, um, um, you know, not generic um, idea of what's happening and what we can talk about and it helps us to understand the client perspective in that regard too because we don't know what happens day to day in a lot of businesses or what they're doing or what their employees are doing or sometimes even what their social is because maybe we're only doing um, search engine optimization or search engine marketing or a ppc campaign which doesn't maybe have anything to do with facebook or social and you know and there's other variables at play that sometimes i can't understand because i don't have anything to do with that um, and I find that involving the client in the conversation helps educate them, but it also helps them know that I'm interested in their business, not just having them be, you know, a paying client. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I do generally want, you know, all, all of our clients to succeed, and I think that's important for us to be kind of led in. But if we don't ask them the questions or ask them to contribute to the conversation, like, do you know what this could be from? We noticed this on this day, and here's what, you know – if you don't involve them in that, then that doesn't create a partnership. That just creates like, you know, you purchased something at a grocery store and left. Like, I don't want that. I want like actual relationships with my clients so that we can be with them for a long time and really impact change over time. And um, being able to involve them in the conversation and even educate. I mean, they're not going to take your job. They're not going to get rid of you. Um, they're going to find more value if they also can understand it and then take it back to their boss or their people and then teach them. And that's like a point of pride, I think, that we have at our organization is that not only are we interested in helping you, but we also want to understand you. We want to have a relationship with you. Um, we want to help grow your business and for you to be successful. And that matters to us. So it's a little granola. And I realize it's probably, you know, not meant for like a mass scale because we are a smaller business. But we really are interested in the growth of our clients' um, success. And that means that we have to involve them in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Does the same apply for Lambert? Yeah, I, re I mean, in the, the general the general frame mm -hmm. of things, yeah. I mean, sure. You guys have a much larger, like, you have a, a lot more services that you're able to provide too, which does yeah. tend to I change mean, like things we a would, little bit. We would work with, you know, we would we would work with Black Truck, mm -hmm. you know, or we would work with, you know. Um, and, our, and the scale of our clients are different too. Yeah, and right. we also we also don't have nearly as many um, clients that we just, they're just they think about their web properties differently. differently. So it's not yeah. as they're not as um, focused, and they should be, but they're not as focused on SEO. Uh, they haven't they're kind of behind because they're not on that sort of cutting edge of uh, you know business to consumer sort of thinking. Mm -hmm. They let themselves kind of. Um, retreat behind being business to business and so they don't have to like jump right into every every little thing yeah and it does depend i mean i don't know it's not always going to be the same and the outputs and the outcomes are never going to be i mean it's all it's just so different from from business to business mm -hmm. and you do have such a broader scale of clientele than than we than we do probably 
Yeah, they're, I, in some cases, because they're like global companies, mm-hmm. it's hard to get yeah. access to all the things. That's why, for example, we'll have clients where we may have access to all of their social properties and be running ads, mm-hmm. but we don't have any but insight into what's going mm-hmm. on on their website. Right? Gotcha. Even though that's an integral part of what we're promoting yeah. mm-hmm. with the ads campaign. You know, they're just, they're a large organization. They're, you know, in multiple states and mm-hmm. they have multiple brands under them. And so, you know, the, um, you know, in some cases we have clients that are in multiple countries and we may be able to get, uh, you know, access to a few countries, but not all of them mm-hmm. because other ones are governed differently or mm-hmm. they're, they're run differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's a kind of a, can be frustrating, but it's a fun and interesting challenge to try to say, okay, within these parameters, within this box we have to work in, what can we do and how can we do it the best? Yeah. I feel like we could really talk about this forever, but I, <laughs> um, I think this is a good like general mm-hmm. coverage of what you guys do mm-hmm. and how you can use it. Um, so maybe in the future we could do something more about like the digital side, like mm-hmm. the Facebook yeah, or whatever. Sure. But um, yeah. That sounds great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for talking about this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode on GVPRSSA.com.